I've seen this film like ten times. Okay. The bug does not do fanboy. But if you wanted, you could tell him, you know. Nice work. Hello. Hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. Pretty excited. Yeah? Why? Why is because that? Because we've hit my favorite episode. No, it's not. It's, it's an episode, though. Do you have a favorite episode for season two? It's kind of hard to pick a favorite episode for Sensei. Yeah. It's not really that kind of show to me. Yeah. I feel like it's a little bit easier for one, because they're Maybe. a little bit more distinct. Two is kind of like a hodgepodge. It's so of... heavily serialized. Yes. I've sometimes said that episode 10 of season one is my favorite. But I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Um, Could be lying to yourself. Anyway, this is season two, episode five. Yes, which was called Fear Never Fixed Anything. A Wolfgang special mm. line mm-hmm. for you there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that sounds like him. Yeah. So say it without humor. Yes. And that'll be the correct way to do it. So what happens in this episode? Oh, so much. A so lot much. happens. This is sort of a turning point episode. It is, definitely. And... Oh, it is episode five, but mm-hmm. you know, as we have said before, confusing. It was technically four, four when it aired. Uh, if you it's part of the season two, special. yeah, yeah. which is a perfect parallel. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah go uh, for the it. same song is used at the end as the end of episode four of season one, although mm. it gets remixed a little. Oh, yes, it does. Uh, what's up? You know, mm-hmm. the the classic Sensei song. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, this season cannot perfectly parallel season one because it doesn't have the same amount of episodes. Yes. But clearly, there are still some attempts being made to create nice symmetry here, mm-hmm. which is fun. Yeah. But that's the end of the episode, so yeah. ignore that's that. It. Bye, guys. <laughs> um, um, it is funny because they seem to do um, a lot of callbacks. Uh, not just within like the Sensei universe, because obviously they bring back arguably one of the most famous sequences for the show mm-hmm. by bringing back the Four Non Blonde song. Yeah. Uh, but they they make two other references that at least we caught. One of them is glaringly obvious. Um, uh, two references to some of the Wachowskis' other work. One of them is Reaper Vendetta, and the other one is Jupiter Ascending. Oh, yes, of course. So we will... Uh, Forgot about that one. Yeah, I made you rewind it, just to double-check, because I was like, did they just... They did. Um, but yeah, we will tackle those as they come up, so I guess who do you want to start with? Well, if we start with Nomi, we can tackle all that stuff, too. All right. So... Oh my god, it is all Nomi, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, she, Nomi's the, the hacker. I know, I mean, for like the, all the references, though. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, I didn't even think about that. Alright, yeah, so we'll start with Nomi. Uh, she is sat on the docks. The first shot is of her. Yeah, well, we could just say the first scene yeah. is everyone. Yes, they're uh, sad about Jonas. Yeah, Jonas is dead. Huh. Is he really? <laughs> That's yeah. a spoiler. That's a no. Uh, a straight up no. But he appears to be dead. Yeah. They feel like he's purposes. dead. They all say some things they're probably going to be embarrassed about when they find out he's not dead, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> it's kind of silly. <laughs> we were so wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, essentially, uh, Nomi's storyline is her and Amanita are doing their fun little hacker dynamic duo Charlie's Angel shit researcher skills, where... Uh, they're both on their laptops, and Amanita points out, she's like, okay, so I traced the manufacturer for Angelica's equipment, 
Uh, and Naomi's like, how did, how did you do that? And she said, uh, it's from the Raul's picture that Leto took in his room. There were pictures of Angelica and the sensates obviously now have access to it because Leto took pictures and they were able to cross-reference some of the equipment in the pictures to a Brassix Electronics. Yeah, Which? For, yes. Oh, is, <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Sorry, I'm very excited. Is the name of the family in Jupiter Ascending the evil... Uh, I, should, I was going to say triplets. They're not, they're you know, not, they're just siblings. They're not the evil siblings. siblings. They're not called, just to clarify, a Brassix Electronics. They're just called a Brassix. Yes. Yes. And in, in Jupiter Ascending, yes. But it is a pretty unusual word, so yeah, it's probably yeah. a reference. So I'm like, are you recycling this, or are you just using it as a, like, a fun reference to be like, ha we're evil. Um, yeah, so the... Manufacturers of Brassix Electronics, um, so they funded some of uh, the research that is at, going on in Chicago University, which is, you know, where we have the professor, we have Dr. Matheson, aka Whispers has been there, Metzger, rest in peace, except don't really, I don't know how to feel about you, <laughs> and Angelica. So it's like, hey, these people might not be great, but the um, theory is... Okay, this is the manufacturer. They've obviously probably donated to people who are working for BPO before, so we're assuming that Angelica, you know, took some of her research away from BPO because she still has that equipment with her when it's clear that she's kind of no longer in Chicago mm-hmm. based on those pictures. So what I gathered from that. So uh, while they're discussing this, Bug pops in, and he's Very like... Very surprisingly. Yes, and he is all like, angels... I got some great ideas for you. Uh, he's like, I was thinking of your 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 problem, and they're like, Haha, which one? Uh, short list or long? And he's like, uh, the Bendix problem. I think if you get an E death, this could really help you guys out because E death. E death. That's not real. I know. And they're like, it's like an urban <laughs> legend. And Amani was like, what is that? And Nobi's like, no ways can I get an e-death. And it's like an electro- electronic death. It's essentially like a redaction protocol. It's a rumor somehow associated with like the CIA and NSA. And it essentially erases any like electronic footprint that you've ever had. Um, so if there's any like record of you online, it's going to be gone. Um, or anywhere, really. Yeah, pretty much anything. Your existence... He's gone. I want to throw my hat in the ring mm. and say this is the most 90s episode of Sense8. Yeah? It just feels very hackery. Yes. And <laughs> They're like, no way. I can't this believe is, it. This is like a, the most uh, old Wachowski's work Matrix episode yeah. of Sense8. It is also like the silliest episode. I agree. Yeah. In a fun way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, E-Death and the way they talk about it is, like, deliberately over the top. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bug is the one who delivers all the information. They even, they even do almost like a meta-commentary on him. They're like, stop with the pregnant pauses, Bug. <laughs> and he's like, right. And then they're like, well, if you know all about this E-Death, why haven't you done it before? And he's like, I reached out to a guy who can. So we're going to go see him. And, and we're going to go meet him at a movie theater. Yes, which is playing one of Leto's movies, which is a movie we've heard about many times. Yes, from Joaquin, uh, actually. Oh, what's it called again? I had this. Oh, I don't remember. I Something about death. Um, oh, I lost it. It has hell in the title. Oh, 
but our Father who art in hell. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> but yes, it is reverenced by Joaquin for he, sawing off the throat. Yeah. The the how did you do that scene? The is reference crazy. back to the lunch, the throat slitting lunch lessons. Yeah. Um. So we're watching that movie. It was referenced another time, but I forgot. Yeah. But uh, the important thing is Bug is a big fan of Leto, and that's all you really need to know. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. But it's amazing. He he gets really excited when he finds out. Like He's like, I'm not a fanboy. I don't fanboy. But you can tell Leto he's just nice work. Pretty excited. Yeah. And then, no, he's like, you can tell Leto yourself. And Leto's in the theater, and Bug's like, huge fan. Like, I love this part. It's my favorite part. It's very dramatic. Leto is stabbing... Yeah. Stabby McStabbing up in there and screams no more lies. And I just want to say, like, I love the idea that Leto has so many quote-unquote cheesy movies. I would love to watch all of them. But I love the idea even more if you think about how they had to film these scenes <laughs> for Sensei. Leto is even more dramatic in these scenes. Yeah. You know, he was starting out young, I think. It was one of his early yeah. movies. But it's funny to think that they got the actor... Miguel, they're like, okay, so here's our next idea for a Lido movie. We have to shoot a couple scenes for it. <laughs> and he'll be like, okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Fake blood galore. Um, I think he, like, deliberately puts his face in front of the blood. It's yes, pretty dramatic. He does. He does. <laughs> because, surprise, Lido takes dramatic roles <laughs> very dramatically. <laughs> um, but while they're watching this movie, they finally get a, uh, a then, visit. Yeah. From the guy who is credited in the credits as the guy, mm. uh, who is wearing a Viva Vendetta Guy Fox mask. Yeah. I should say he's wearing a Guy Fox mask. Could be a coincidence. Not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Who are um, we kidding? This episode is credited direction-wise to James McTeague, who's the director of Viva Vendetta. And as we've talked about, these director credits are kind of random for Sensei. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on this one for that very reason. Yep. Uh, we have a conspiracy theory I have to mention. Captain Conspiracy. Yes, I, lo- I read about this. In. I looked it up. So, got? as I said, the guy is credited as the guy. No one knows who plays him. Uh, however, he appears to have an Australian accent. And uh, James McTeague is Australian. Mm. And there is a behind-the-scenes video mm. uh, that was made around the time of the Christmas special. Yes. Where uh, Lana and him are together. And she puts a little V-mask over his face. Probably because he directed V for Vendetta. But then he says, uh, otherwise known as Anonymous, which is uh, how the character refers to himself in this episode. Yeah. So it's possible that James McTeague is playing this man. How delightful would that uh, be? Now, Anonymous is also just, uh, you know, a real thing. Mm-hmm. And they use the V for Vendetta mask as their symbol. So either way, this could be a coincidence. But it seems like all signs point to this, so... Thank you. All I can say about that. I appreciate it. Captain Conspiracy. Yes. That's beautiful. <laughs> Makes me happy. I might as well throw in now, just yeah. to talk about all the beef Vendetta nonsense. Yes. This is you. a pretty blatant reference. Following the blatant inclusion of David Mitchell and that other author I know. in the previous episode. They're just bring, I'm surprised they haven't done any references to Bound yet. <laughs> Maybe they have, and we just don't know it. Well, uh, the end credits this episode use a song called BKAB which is also in the end credits of Viva Vendetta, mm-hmm. which was produced by Ethan Stoller, who is also the music editor and additional composer for Sense8. So that's another Viva Vendetta reference right there. Boom. And just also just nepotism, I guess. Yeah, knocking it out of the park. 
No, I love it. I think it's great. I love all those little tidbits because so, it's, yeah. it's nice to be like, you know, they're kind of, you know, it's fun to be self-referential and mm-hmm. it's also fun to realize that the, you know, the world of the Wachowskis is kind of bleeds into each other, but also they have absolutely no problem hiring the same people to do the stuff. Yeah. It, it feels like a very, you know, loyal community of, you know, a group working together and that's nice. So. Well, so ignoring the referential elephant in the room. Yes. Uh, essentially, the guy here in his mask mm. just provides them with the e-death thing. He's yeah. like, we've been watching you. We, we know that you're probably yeah, a yeah. homosensorian. Yeah, we know about this. Uh, we're probably going to need you to do a favor for us sometime later, mysteriously. Mm. Yeah. And then he does a cute little thing where he says a bunch of V-words like V does, V for Vendetta. Yeah. And they're like, how did you do that? He's That's like, amazing. there's an app for it. And he's like, wow, this really is an app. Great. I'm going to actually try and see if there is an app. I think there might not be, which is too bad, because yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, damn but, um, tragedy. Anywho. Uh, yeah, so that's... Yeah, well, uh, and then they, they go home. That's the theater, yeah, they go and home. And they use and the Edith. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it works. works. Yes, it works. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, it works in the most dramatic way, because, like, Bug plugs it in, and they're like, how long until it takes like he's like i don't know i've never redacted someone before and then everything turns off yeah it glitches a little bit <laughs> and then nomi's like holy crap like i have um these settings these alerts on my phone that you know let me know when police are essentially pinging anything involving some sort of you know relation to nomi as a criminal so like lolos just like little reports and stuff like that and she's like yeah you're not out there's none that exist anymore and then they look back at the screen it says we the death welcome you or we the dead welcome you very dramatically very dramatic with, with a little a picture of yes, mask. The mask. and you're like really guys <laughs> it's dramatic it's cute but it also kind of gives them an edge which is good yes yeah so um i believe that is it for nomi yeah important development for nomi mm-hmm. it's kind of gearing her up to kind of you know she's been kind of stuck on that boat for a while hacking and that's mm-hmm. good but it is nice to get her to move out of her environment and they're definitely going to need her to do that for later episodes coming up she needs to be able to move around especially since we're about to pick up the the story thread with her sister and her sister's wedding so um and then it's also helpful to be like cool we have a uh, another edge maybe over bpo just for a little bit so that's mm-hmm. nice um who else you want to talk about Mm, Coffeeus. All right, let's do it. He, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he wants to uh, just continue living his life, and he gets a knock on the door at his home, and it's these three people who represent like the Democratic like Reform Party. Don't quote me on that, but they're essentially uh, a representative of a party that wants to go against the. The reigning The reigning guy, champ. Yeah. Uh, Mandiba, which is his name, I believe, um, who was mentioned briefly in the last episode as someone who has, you know, been in charge for three terms now, and it's pretty obvious that he is corrupt. And so they're essentially, like, extending the offer, the idea. They're like, Coffeeus, we think you should run against him. We're tired of his leadership. It's not really leadership anymore. It's, you know, corruption. It's systemic. We don't like it. And we saw your interview, um, and we really think that you're the man for the job. And he's just like, the jealous end you. What a great joke. You joking around? And then he points out, you know, kind of a valid point of being like, are you from here? They're like, no, we're not from here. He's like, okay, then you don't, like 
really want me you just like kind of like the image of me someone mm-hmm. coming from this neighborhood to try and stand up to this guy like you don't really understand the suffering that's going on here and then they make the point of like hey we're not here just because we're not from here doesn't mean we don't understand that I mean just look around it's clear that this you know part of the town is not doing well and there's a lot of corruption and these these people are good people and they need help and he's like well I'm not a politician they're like we're not looking for a politician we're looking for a leader. Boom. Boom. That's exactly Goes what you said. dynamite. Last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something to consider. I don't think he's taking it very seriously. Uh, he does he's got have, other things on his mind. He's got other things on his mind, mainly Zakia. So he uh, drives his bus, is having a good day, the same time Sun is having a good day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he parks the bus briefly, lets everybody know, we've got a 15-minute intermission, guys. Enjoy your lives. Uh, I'll be right back. Uh, hops out of the bus, goes up to like the newsroom center area, uh, tries to check in with the uh, receptionist, and she's like, "Hold on, let me get a hold of her." And then there are like three of the most awful dudes ever, just like, "Oh, you're Kafias. Oh, are you looking for Zakia? Mm, she's not that interested in you, man." And and Kafias is like, "I'm sorry, I don't know you. I don't really have a problem with you. I don't know why you have a problem with me. But what are you talking about?" Just to insult his suit. Yeah, which is so rude because he looks adorable. Mm-hmm. Those bastards. They need to get their eyes checked. Anyway, um, they're pretty much just like, "Oh, there was a big scandal for her family. Her dad's kind of a big to do, and uh, there's rumor going around that in university, you know, she started an affair with a woman. She's a lesbian. She's not interested in you." And I think, you know, they they say it in a lovely, crass manner. Mm -hmm. And I think that combined with, you know, just being rude to Kafias all around and then hearing that, like, Zakia's not available to, like, meet with him at all today. He's just kind of like, oh, that was a a defeat there. He's sort of like, this world (laughs) isn't for me, I guess. Yeah, I'm not used to these people talking to me like this. I've dealt with lots of... Things, I've but dealt like, with saving a coconut's life. Yeah, okay? I've never had to deal with uh, yeah. office gossip before. Yeah, and these people are just so nasty. So uh, he retreats, and that's pretty much it mm-hmm. for him. Uh, who else we got? You mentioned Sun and Kafia, So Yes. Sun eats a bunch of nice food. She does, because she has returned yes. to her teacher, mm-hmm. who has been taking care of her doggy. And they have a really nice reunion where, you know, she gets to take a nice, like, hot shower. She gets to eat some good food. They get to chat. And then they're like, revenge! Woo! Um, they get to watch a really shitty interview with her brother when they're like, oh, reports are that, you know, your sister's escaped and she killed three men before she did it. How are you feeling about this? And he's like, son, you need to do the right thing before anybody else gets hurt. And naturally, son's reaction is like, I'm going to punch out this TV. <laughs> And then <laughs> she's so cute because instantly it's like the same thing earlier with Nomi where she's just like, sorry. And luckily she has found, you know, a kindred spirit because her teacher's like, well, if you weren't going to punch that TV, I sure <laughs> hell was. So good job. Good job. Um, so he's like, what are you going to do? She, he's like, it's time to get you to, you know, back you have a to plan, fighting. he says. Yeah. And, he's, and she's like, no, I have no plan. I have an enemy. And. I'm going to kill him. It's like, that's really cool. He's like, that's a good plan. I bet a plan would be better, though. Yeah, but, you know, good thinking. <laughs> this is good. Let's let's <laughs> let's riff on this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. He's very supportive <laughs> of this plan that is not a plan. Um, but, uh, yes, then they get a visit. From Hot Detective. Yes, Detective Moon. 
<laughs> and he comes to talk to her her teacher and also son since she is literally uh 10 centimeters away yeah on the other side of the wall yeah uh and it's it's a really nice moment where he is like hey uh mr teacher i fought son she went by another name though right and he's just like yeah she she used to go by a different name because her dad didn't approve of her fighting and he's like ah i was like her dad i was all cocky and thought i could take her and uh, she kicked my ass and you know it made me a better person and a better fighter and um it, which is uh, actually i think a really nice explanation of something that could have been considered a plot hole where it's like oh he's fought her before when they were younger how does he not recognize her because she's currently kind of like a little bit of an infamous criminal running around because she mm-hmm. escaped and then they're, they're easily just oh no like she obviously did not fight under that name when you know to uphold the, mm-hmm. the family name and yeah so I, I thought that was because I remember thinking about that on the last mm-hmm. episode being like how does he not recognize her if he's already fought her before you know and she's a bit of a colorful personality on TV right now when she's not punching out the TV. So. Yeah. So the um, te- teacher says, you know, that son is not the person that is being portrayed on, on the TV. television. Yeah. And uh, Hot Detective Moon <laughs> basically hot says... Det- you're, say- you're pronouncing it wrong. It's Hot Detective. <laughs> hot Detective says... Um, something stinks about this Yeah, escape. like I, I think that uh, there might be something to what you're saying, essentially. Yeah. I'm going to leave my card secretly here in case uh, anyone comes back that you might be hanging out with. Not By the way, this tea is really warm. Did you have a guest? Hmm? Is she possibly right behind us right now? Very risky. With the dog. The dog could easily make a noise. The dog is a true and loyal friend. The dog is not giving Sun away. But uh, essentially, this is a nice scene. I think you get this sense somehow from his first scene previously that like he's a good he's a good detective he's yeah. a good like uh he has the right intentions yeah it just i think it's just because you can tell he's not like associated with any of the people that are um after her yeah and this is like confirmation that he could actually be an ally yeah especially yeah. with him being like you know doing his job and saying mm-hmm. like hey these things are adding up with the security cameras and the the guards like I think there is something bigger going on here. And that's the first time that anybody has really, yeah. you well, know, an outsider looked into the case being also, like, this isn't right. Like the, the lawyer that comes to see her before. Yeah. And says, like, honestly, I think, you know, you're probably not guilty. Like, let's work with this. Yeah. More confirmation that uh, her brother doesn't have, like, control over everyone. Yeah. He only has control over the information and no one knowing the truth but like there are quite a lot of people that could easily be on Sun's side as long as they get the right word out basically yeah exactly yeah and just you know it's always a great visit from Hot Detective <laughs> of course yeah always brightens my day <laughs> but no I, I do think you're right like even because we were introduced to him last episode and even just like his interaction with um, Mrs. Cho mm-hmm. you can tell like he's a decent person um like he's law abiding mm-hmm. but he's also just like hey we know how this works like please just like let's make this as easy on ourselves as possible um like if you were a doctor he'd have a really good bedside manner mm-hmm. that's all mm-hmm. i'm saying so hot doctor hot do- oh could you imagine hot doctor detective <laughs> i would watch that show <laughs> anyway moving on to a more professional <laughs> discussion uh leto yes leto let's talk about leto 
How does Leto start? Leto starts where it, he's having, you know, a fam script reading session. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's him, Danny, and Hernando looking through those stacks of scripts that his management team has sent him. They're not great scripts. Uh, no, they're really not. And I think it is also a really sad commentary on, you know, just generally what happens in the media with gay characters. Uh, I noted that one of them is a lifelong bachelor and uh, he does die. The other, <laughs> but as Danny points out, well, at least in this script, he doesn't die of AIDS. Not of AIDS. And then the other one is there's a psychopath with a whispering lisp and mascara, which sure, certainly beats out the drug dealer who is doing more than blow. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it's such a, yeah, it's a really, and even Leto's like, guys, I'm getting typecasted. Like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, oh, there's actually another offer here that you might be interested in. It's kind of like the, the greatest m- role of your life. Yes. <laughs> the master of ceremonies at the, the Sao Paulo Gay Pride that's coming up. Um, and he's just, like, totally against it. And again, it's a decision that is based in his career. So you do understand, like, where he's coming from. Because he's like, guys look at the scripts I'm getting now. Can you imagine what scripts I'll get offered if I even get anything Mm -hmm. offered if I, you know, go down to Sao Paulo for gay pride? Like, that type of publicity is only going to make this particular situation worse. This is um, Brazil, right? Yeah, this is in Brazil. Brazil really likes Sensate. So I feel like this is is intentional almost. Like, it's like literally Brazil reaching out and saying, we love you, Sensate slash Lido. Yeah. But I also think they have, like, do not quote me on this, but I think they do have, obviously, one of the bigger pride parades. They, well, they do. I mean, that's part of why they like Sense8. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um, but it's great because it's one of, you know, <laughs> when he's in a, a moral pickle, he does what he always does. He dramatically enters a bar. Yes. And we get the return of the bartender. Well, last time when he left the bar, yeah. he pulled a reverse Aragorn. Yes. And, and now time, he gets to pull an actual yeah, Aragorn. the original. Boom. It's great. And, you know, the bartender's like, oh, you're back. Oh, welcome back. And he's like, would you like tequila? Tequila squared? Like, kind of like a joke. Again, another reference back to season mm-hmm. one. And, you know, Lido, having some drinking issues, knows... Yeah, says, I'm even more of an alcoholic now, yeah, so... Tequila cubed. Tequila cubed. Yeah. And he's like, eight tequilas? And he's like, eight tequilas. Luckily, Which I'm a little sad that he didn't say, you asked me if I wanted eight tequilas. I want double 16 kills. <laughs> but he didn't because he's not going to die. Um, <laughs> so obviously moment. he ordered one for every sensei. Yes, because he's a considerate I think we can assume that uh, the Sicilium yes. uh, spreads the effects of alcohol throughout, clearly. I would hope so. So Lido isn't actually having to drink eight of these. I mean, yeah. I hope. I, we don't know. But yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. But what if, you know, it's really, what if they all have, like, different tolerances, <laughs> like, on alcohol? Do think they have different tolerances? They need to be thinking about their other sensates. When I know. They have like to be this. really considered. Like, I mean, Wolfgang is, like, hard-hitting in his partying. Mm-hmm. How is this affecting the other livers? You probably, you don't, like, you can shut it out, but can then you? you can be like, let me connect with Wolfgang for a bit. And yeah. suddenly you're like, oh, my God, Well, if happening? you're like, I need some liquid courage, let me tap into whatever Wolfgang's doing right now. <laughs> Yeah, this is these are some thoughts we have. Um, but it's really cute because the bartender is saying, like, shots are on the house. You know, after that day when you kissed me, it, it just really inspired me because you were so, you know, 
strong yet vulnerable and, and really open about, you know, who so you were in love with. There was passion. So I went home to my boyfriend, Pepe, and we I proposed to him that night. And now we're married, and this is like the best year of our lives. And, and then look, it pans Pepe's over, over there. Pepe, and you're like, hot damn, Pepe. <laughs> who looks ridiculous. Jesus Christ. Um, He's not a model. Also. He might be a model. You know, okay. I, I do think, hey, you propositioned Lito like the day I know. before. I know. But, you know, to be fair, it sounds like he was having problems before yeah. and Lito inspired him yeah to, to go home and fix yeah. it and really take the next step so boom or they have an open relationship I don't, I don't know. know I don't judge it looks like he's really happy with Pepe though yeah he, so. he has like go Pepe very stylish fashion going on he really so. does yeah and they're very generous because they offer up eight free shots of tequila mm-hmm. and Kafias is like courage guys courage and Will's like now's my time to mope around a bit and kind of do a bit of a pep talk guys because I'm not a fugitive I'm a cop but then courage <laughs> but then courage but we're not there yet we're not there yet so we're going to put a pin in that scene the point is Leto and all of the sensates take a shot mm-hmm. and we're concerned about their alcohol tolerances it's not great no um, but it, it, he takes a shot and he is looking at the letter again so he is you know, trying to find courage to make a decision, make a decision, and make the right decision. And lo and behold, you know, uh, whenever he drinks tequila, he always seems to make the right decision. Which, that's how you know this is fictional. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Not a good life lesson. <laughs> no, no, don't do it, guys. Um. So I think that's it for him. Mm-hmm. Um. Who else do we have? Do we do Kala? We have not done Kala. Kala. Kala is being a lovely spice taster for her dad, and she's not paying attention and saying that horseshit is her favorite ingredient. <laughs> um, her dad is awesome, and uh, they're just kind of talking about how she is concerned that she's like, what if I'm just one of those people who's just never, ever, like, there's something about my disposition where I'm not meant to just ever be happy despite all this good fortune that I have. She's mm-hmm. like, I know the extra security is a small price to pay because I have, like, this great you know this life this job my family my husband my house it's awesome but i'm still not happy and you know her dad you know she's being very cute and rambly to her dad and he's just like you know it's okay when we're older we're kind of taught to like appreciate all things equally and it's okay to want some things more than others and she's like yeah but what are those things that you want the most at heart they're gonna hurt people and then she pretty much comes to the conclusion. She's like, well, you know, well, hearts are complicated things. And I'm a grown woman, and I'm going to have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. But thank you for the yummy food, Dad. Um, and then it cuts to uh, her having a nice dinner. <laughs> a really, really great dinner with the family, with Rajan's family and her family. And I love how everybody... <laughs> Like sitting between because they're at the uh, her dad and his dad are at opposite ends of the table, mm-hmm. which you know is really a metaphor right there mm-hmm. in and of itself. But everybody, like in between them, all the other members of the family just have like this unspoken truth of like, we're just gonna, you know, I'm gonna breeze right over this. over this with the talk of how great the food is. Like, I feel like this is the equivalent to a lot of people's like horror stories of Thanksgiving mm-hmm. where they're like we're going to talk politics but they and do this no one's going to be happy week. but they have to do that every week and you're like dear lord um, but they kept being like this is so great I love this food I love these spices let's just look can we oh god let's just talk about this instead and um, Rajan's dad is talking about politics and being uppity and mighty 
and very Colin's condescending. Very condescending, because I feel like that's just his like. Those are his settings. Uh-huh. I don't know what else his disposition could ever be. Um, maybe stabbed. I don't know. But um, he is going on and on about, like, it is our duty to implement these laws because look at these terrorists. They're horrible. They're they're causing riots in the temples. You know, there are people who are trying to, like, build bombs, and this is really bad. And, and then he's pretty much trying to bait Call's dad mm-hmm. the whole time and Call's dad is just being like the epitome of like a diplomat being like oh, I don't quite um really agree with your opinion but I understand what you're saying I understand where you're coming from and he's like no please can we just get back to the matter at hand like what do you mean you you, you want to speak for these terrorists and he, he's like no and he's like you're one of those crazy peoples you're like one of those extreme liberals who thinks blah 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 and he's just like no I'm one of those crazy peoples who thinks you know if you commit a crime in a country you have to be tried for it no matter what station in life you're at whether you're you know a terrorist a politician or like the president like you have to be held accountable through you know a legal system of due process and they have like more of a political discussion and then he says uh Rajan's dead. Yeah. Yes, says, you know, something about how some people are just meant to be leaders and some are meant to be cooks. And it's so <laughs> rude. And then, you know, Call's dad essentially owns him. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And you feel very proud of him because he does it in a... It's like saying fuck you with a smile, but without saying fuck you. It's beautiful. Where he says, oh, okay, I understand. You know, some of us are destined to be cooks and provide for their family and some are destined to inherit and you're just like boom <laughs> don't mess with Carlos' dad <laughs> because he's he's so polite about it but yeah. also like he's so much just he's just a better debater mm-hmm. um but it still won't end, so... So they're like, oh my on. god, you have a meeting. Don't you have a meeting, Rajan? Yeah. We love these dinners. Looking forward to them so much. Gotta go. Love you, bye. <laughs> Dear god, get out of here. <laughs> yep. That's so. a nice moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's another moment for Kala it's when... less nice. Uh, she goes and meets... She wants to go talk to Rajan at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, having a meeting outside with Mr. Suspicious. Ajay who they met previously and yeah. they're talking about some sort of like real estate deal or something and <laughs> I love Kala because she's like if you could excuse us for a moment uh-huh. and the guy's like oh okay I'm getting dismissed alright I'll uh, talk to you later Raja and we'll talk in your office and she essentially tells Raja like hey I'm going over these reports um, between like a cent- our, our the quality of our products our pharmaceutical products and like the distribution and the all these memos and it just this paperwork isn't adding up it looks like we're not doing things right and he's just like oh no these reports are basically the the sake of appearances they just want to know that we're going to be able to ship our product on time he's like i wouldn't worry about it and just kind of brushes her off and you're like oh this doesn't sound good which is not great i remember there's a like a worse version of this later yes but it's already not great because he basically gives her like the this is how it's done. Don't worry about it. It's he, not gonna. He gives her like us. a kiss, you know. He's sort yeah. of like you're doing great. Yes. <laughs> like to brush her Pat off. Pat on the yeah. head. Good job, sweetie. He's he's taking some of his father's condescension. A little uh, bit. It seems. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when you're like, no, Rajon. Not a good look. Your haircut is also not a good yes. look. Yes. Maybe if you hadn't cut your hair, you wouldn't your be turning evil. Your haircut is the source of your evil. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So um, that is pretty much it for her. 
So again, queuing up things with uh, Ajay and then also with the pharmaceutical stuff. And then, you know, obviously there's just kind of this inherent tension between her family and the politics and everything that is coming with Rajan's dad running to an elected position. Um, just all things kind of in the mix to consider that'll be set mm-hmm. up and kind of uh, more or less paid off in, at the end of the season. So who else do we want to talk about? Wolfgang. Wolfgang. Um, not much for Wolfgang. Only one scene I can remember. Ugh, which yes. wasn't very fun. Uh, no, was it? No fun. Uh, he gets called to a meeting over at Sebastian Fuchs. But it's a fake meeting. It's a fake meeting. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But guess who's there? <sighs> it's it's Leela. Leela. There it is. Boo. And, uh, a I naked like, Leela. Yeah, she doesn't even really do much. She's just sort of trying to seduce him. She's like, let's have fun. Look, here are my boobs. And he's just like, I'm not interested. And and she's like, well, I know what you think of me. And he's just like, it's pretty obvious what you guys are doing here. Like, <laughs> Sebastian's out of town. And, you know, you're stalking Mr. Turtle. He doesn't say Mr. Turtle. But I say Mr. Turtle. He's like, Sebastian's looking to make a move on all the other kings in Berlin. And uh, he wants to kind of negotiate with me. He wants my help. And she's just like, you know, I'm doing what Sebastian needs me to do because I want to make sure that I get out ahead because we will, we do need homo sapiens to help us um, or at least let us kind of manipulate and navigate around them so we're essentially at the end of it in a position of power. And he's like, I'm not interested. And she's like, but my nakedness. You do need me. And he's like, I don't need anybody because I'm Wolfgang. And that's like my motto. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's Wolfgang. Mm-hmm. And it's Will and Riley. Yep. All right. Yep, yep. Um, let's see here. Whispers is being a total creep about Riley waking up. <laughs> yes. And he's like, oh, I love watching a woman wake, wake. up. And you're like, Jesus, Whispers. He doesn't say wake up. It's much worse somehow. What does he Because he just say? says wake. Yeah. I love that's watching worse. a woman wake. I don't know why that's worse. And you're worse. like, I don't... Wh- wh- what? You're so creepy, man. Although very alliterative. Yes. Whispers. Watching <laughs> women wake. <laughs> ah! But that doesn't excuse it. No, it does not. It's horrible. Um, so he's pretty much connecting with Will. And he's like, thank you, Will. I've never been higher up in BPO because of you. And Will's like, okay. And Whispers is like, here, I'm in London. Let me give you a speech in architecture. And Will's like, Jesus Christ, what's going on? He's like, oh, on? the Black Plague yes. made people big big buildings. Yes. That's the crux of That's it. That's the crux of it. <laughs> uh, no, there's it's a little bit more refined than that. But he's essentially saying, like, I am working towards something greater. Yeah. And I am trying to keep us alive. And I am trying to work with a species. It is as the most violent species that will not let go, you know, to their hold on power and position. Yeah, he tries to frame everything as, like... I'm uh, I have to, yeah, I have to work against these awful, normal Homo sapiens. Yeah. Like, don't you understand? And it's for the greater good. Yeah, it's the like I don't good. really see what greater good, mm-hmm. but you know. And he's like, you don't understand, Will. Angelica understood. Yeah. And I was like, really? Because she blew her brains out. And he's like, well, you know, <laughs> soldiers, man. They, things happen. <laughs> things happen. And you know, Will's like, this is all bullshit. You killed a little girl. 
and he doesn't remember her he's like her oh grand scheme of things he's like you know some people just can't handle it just like angelica and maybe you someday and maybe me but you've already seen people fall apart will remember your dad but instead of blowing his brains out he just resorted to drinking and every time he does that i'm like how dare you bring up joey pants and then will foolishly yes give some little air punch yeah and I he's guess like, just to get it out. Yeah, I don't blame him. I'd want to punch him, Although, too. Although, you know, the end result is probably that he almost punched Riley in the face. You know, she's <laughs> in his mind. She can she can duck and weave out That's of there. That's true. I wasn't worried for her safety. So, uh, uh, I'm just saying, Riley can handle herself. That's and Will true. would never That's punch true. her. Just we need to clarify that, guys. But, uh, yeah, he really did take a swing at Whispers. And although he was not anywhere close to connecting, I appreciate the effort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh... He has a little speech to uh, Toledo at the bar, being like... And to everyone, right? And to everyone. Yeah. It's, a, it's you know, the the father pep talk, if you will. And being like, if Lido can go to a gay pride parade, yeah. then we can all be our true selves. Yeah. And he, he's like, we're not getting... Nothing changes if we play it safe. I'm thinking, like, if you do, but I'm not, I'm a cop. Like, we're in this together. If anything, like, all these interactions with Whispers and from what we've kind of gathered about BPO so far is we know that, you know, they're well-sourced, they're well-funded, and they're well-connected, which means this fight, the scale of this fight is a lot bigger than we thought it was. And the only conclusion is there's more of us than we think there are. Mm -hmm. And so Riley is like, so we need to find them. He's like, yes. And so they come up with a plan that isn't, I don't really get how it works, to be honest with you. They're just like, Riley's going to play a secret show. It's not um, explained very explicitly. The weird yeah. thing is, I was trying to remember this. I remember being confused when we watched it. But like by the end of the episode, not really being confused. Mm. But don't remember when that switch happened. But yeah. of course, now when I watch it, I I get it anyway. Yeah. I, I think the next episode makes it very clear what they were doing, yeah. if you didn't get it. But essentially... They are following up on the invitation to rally last episode. From Vincent. Yeah, to, to make a have a special DJ showing. Through Periscope. Where, it's an instant invite. Yeah, where they will um be willing to get her there and spirit her away whenever is necessary. Yeah. If the cops come. Mm-hmm. And the plan, that's that's the thing. They never literally say the plan out loud, which I think is to preserve the, the fun surprise of the end slash beginning of the next one. Yeah. But c- could make it a bit... Like, wow, they're doing a lot of speechifying. I'm not sure what they it's about. They just want a party. <laughs> yeah. And um, essentially, uh, Rally is going to go to a big event where she's going to be very noticed in the hope that uh, they'll be able to connect with other sensates mm-hmm. out in such a big crowd. Yeah. Um, you know, not they have little blockers, too, but, you know, she's not going to take them. Yeah. Uh, she's going to expose herself, which is why they have this long conversation about risk. And yeah. they sort of have this fun thing where they talk to most of the sensates in turn yeah it's like, like a family discussion and calls like i mean after all the risks we took just to get you out of iceland yes predictably kala is like i don't know she's like, I don't know I'm a little they turned to wolfgang and he's like obviously yeah, you well, should do it, it. goes kala's <laughs> like oh i'm not sure and sounds like makes the really excellent point of like you can't want to fight by protecting yourself mm-hmm. like we have to essentially like we have to fix it we have to change we can't keep going on the run because nothing's ever going to change and then Nomi does her defy the system speech. Yeah. And Wolfgang gives us the fear quote of the episode. Fear yeah, never changed anything. I just don't anything. know what they expect yeah. when they turn to Wolfgang. Yeah, they're like, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, we should totally run and hide. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Wolfgang's like, I got my rocket launcher. Let's do this shit. And Coffee, is, of course, is like, courage. And Leto, 
is uh, not really sure about Vincent. <laughs> Riley's like, what's wrong with Vincent? He's like, I don't know, I don't know. And then Coffee's like, it's because he doesn't like his taste in movies. And Leo's like, I'm just saying, taste in movies is a lot about a person. But Leo, I guess, is persuaded on board. And Yeah, I mean, it's really him and Kala that are the only yeah. ones that are kind of iffy about it. But majority rules, guys. So, you know, cue the... Uh, cue that song. Cue the what's up. Yep. Uh, in Riley Blue form. is back. Before Will it, is shaved. It remixes itself yes. when she really gets out there. She gives a little speech it's like to a, the crowd. That's yeah. sort of like a invitation come to out, come out wherever you are. Speech. Yeah. And also a I love you Will speech. That's true. And uh, and then that cue in that remix. Mm-hmm. And, and they they all do some dancing. Yeah. I believe this was another scene, uh, much like Riley's, pretty much very first scene in the show, that they filmed at a real club where like um someone played a real set and yeah. then they they went in and they had her do her thing mm-hmm. in between someone else which is fun yeah. so it's a real crowd and all yeah. crowd please there and so we get well we get that going with the remix we get to see miss lady treehead because i don't actually know her name <laughs> the the uh the monk looking lady yes with the the tree tattoo on her mm-hmm. shaped head uh you get puck yeah who um i remember the instant i saw him Mm-hmm. This is why I know I must have understood what was happening by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I thought, he's a sensei, oh my god. Yeah. I read about this episode, I noticed um, a lot of people weren't sure. Yeah. Uh, they were like, do you think this means he's a sensei? And I just, I guess, the scene managed to convey that for me, I guess. I think it's because he's intercut with random other people yeah, who look like they're out of place. The key is that it starts with the, the monk woman treehead i'm calling yes. her treehead until i actually <laughs> because know it cuts to her in just a way and you've never seen it before and yeah. she looks so out of place as you yes. say that you're like this person matters which of course in this show instantly makes you think she's a sensei yeah. kind of like when they first show you uh, leela and you immediately kind of think like this she's a sensei matters. yeah um <laughs> that's not my first thought of her well like you're <laughs> like she's important and like it's pretty obvious why that is yeah right away yeah, I also think I don't know because I can see why there's there's some confusion because obviously it's not explicit like uh-huh. oh he's a sensei you don't actually get that until like later on, but um, I thought not only is he like kind of wedged between two people who are clearly sensei and experiencing uh-huh. like the invite from Riley, but I I just feel like it's the way he just like reacts to her song where he's kind of like ah uh-huh. I knew it. Well, from my memory, like one of the first scenes I think in the next episode is is treehead mm-hmm. uh like a period sorry we don't have her name well yet. we'll figure it out we'll figure it out um but the only explicitly obvious sensate moment is from um the old man of hoy he will be called mm-hmm. i'm gonna call him by his true name sylvester mccoy sylvester mccoy uh, who i love who we all love and um and how do we know sylvester mccoy camden obviously from his fine work on the hobbit yes and for playing the doctor which which doctor was he? The seventh doctor. He's the seventh doctor, and he is Radagast the Brown. He is also known. He has so many nerd cred. For being one of the cutest old men. Yeah, it's true. And <laughs> this is a fact of life. <laughs> he um he is the one who gets the actual uh, appearing sensei wise next to Riley. Yeah. On stage moment, which confirms in case it's confusing, like that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, these people are sensates. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can. You don't see the other two, but it's like, that's why we're looking at these people, because yeah. they are all sensates. Yeah. And he is very surprised, <laughs> I think because, I don't remember if he explicitly says this, uh, we learned that, you know, a few of them came out because they were like, we've heard about this person. Yeah. 
uh, they, like she's probably a sensate. Yeah. But like, of course, the instant he actually makes the connection with her, he's like, oh, she definitely is. And also, like, I don't usually do this kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, I've <laughs> popped up in a rave now. So he's uh, very, very shocked. And it's sort of, I think that's the, the key moment in this scene. It's sort of like, yeah, they're partying. It's really cool. We love our sensei. It's positivity. Go but this is like go. the result. So you really uh, get excited when that happens. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, like they achieved something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Whispers pops up to Will because he's a party pooper. I said it. And uh, he's like, Will, this, this is a really rave dumb is idea. Over. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the dad in Footloose. <laughs> no dancing. <laughs> um. That's the real Sorry, reason John, for his secret, secret plan. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, we're on to you. This is really dumb. And Will's like, no, this is amazing. Ha-ha, blocker. See you later, Milton. And, <laughs> Your uh, plan is dumb. Yeah. No, we're beautiful. We're beautiful. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Fades away into, like, the rave glitter. Um, and so... Vincent strays true to his word. He does. They get he gets Riley security, out. get her out with Will. Because yeah. they're actually both together there in person. They and Whispers is ends also, up being there too, yeah. Yeah, so they duck and weave, and they hop onto a boat. It's very close. And I love this so much, is Will gets to be Sassy McSassPants and just wave goodbye yeah, to Milton. Yeah, because he can look at him. And you're like, oh, that's great. But I love the detail that it is so obvious that Riley has not turned around. Mm-hmm. She is Nobody else is looking at him except for Will. And I just, I really like it because it's like, it's a really quick edit and it's like, I I just like it because I know we've talked about like some of the editing throughout this series. You kind of are like, wait, are they really all there on screen? Like what is real? What isn't? And as you've seen in the behind the scenes of season one, um, if you've seen it, which you totally should, because it's really interesting. Like I'm sure it applies to season two as well, but they edit as they go. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just I think it's it's helpful for production because logistically this is a very tricky show because of all the places they go to and how many times they have to reshoot scenes so it's a really nice refresher to see how things get edited together so like it's a good reference for like the actors in the production mm-hmm. but um, it's also just a nice thing to further emphasize like no you know they they really do plan these shots and I don't think there's that many mistakes made in the edit so it's really nice that even in this brief shot it's like oh yeah we remember to make sure that like nobody else looks at whispers particularly Riley mm-hmm. um, so I really like that well Will's just enjoying all the perks of already being compromised yeah he's just like haha I don't give a fuck <laughs> except I do so uh, it's, it's a great ending I mean regardless of if a person is like thrown off by like, like what was this big plan yeah, it well, was a what's raid? going on like just the the shot of them um Fleeing. Driving is not the word. Um, boating away. Boating away. Yes. <laughs> um, speed boating away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just great, and the way it like circles back to Riley, you know, who looks very like free. Sort yeah. of. You know, that's that's a classic sort of shot, right? Yeah. It, whether it's driving or boating or whatever. Yeah. Like hair blowing in the wind. Yes. We've done the yeah, thing. Yeah. We did the thing. <laughs> we are party animals. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, this is a fun one. I like this it's one. Pretty, it's pretty cheesy. It's joyful. It's cheesy. It talks about, you know, it, it does set up other things, mm-hmm. but it's not nearly as serious as some other ones, and that is kind of a nice breather. So, yeah. MVP? MVP? Yeah. Hmm. I know. A lot of them did do things this episode. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good one for Riley, really. I yeah. Mean, she gets to 
use her DJ skills, which yeah. people are always making fun of her for and saying, like, what use could that be? It's like, it turns out. How dare you? The most useful ability of them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To connect people. So, sure. Riley doesn't get Riley? it that I'll often. I'll give to yeah. Riley. Yeah. If only because, you know, <sighs> I think she deserves it because of her fun DJ set, but also, you know, she doesn't really know how creepy Whispers is being and we're just being really creepy towards her and I feel sure. like she deserves an award so cause he's creepy uh yeah I'll give it to her side character sidekick character sidekicks yeah this is a great one for Bug mhm um he acknowledges his own dramatic tendencies yes and he gets excited about Leo's movie yeah I think I'm and gonna... E-Death you know yes this is this is a good one for Bug yeah I'm gonna give it to him I really want to give it to Kala's dad for sticking it to the man. That's a good one. Uh, just because I love Kala's dad so much, and I know he's not gonna, he's not gonna have many chances, you know, to win this again. So, uh, I'm gonna give it to him because I think he was uh, very, very dignified in his response, but also like totally poning Rajan's dad. It's a satisfying moment for me. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yeah. So, and then one-off characters? What do you think? I mean, I really just want to give it to Pepe, but, like, he didn't do anything. He's the definition. Except exist. <laughs> one-off. I mean, he is literally the definition of our one-off character. Um, I don't know. I also like our V guy. I was thinking of giving it to him. He's yeah. very dramatic. Yeah. He actually does something that helps with the narrative, unlike Pepe. No offense, Pepe. Yeah. I think he is probably a better candidate. He seems like a good choice. Yeah give it to him mm-hmm. it is also kind of a bummer because i think that could have also been a really fun storyline for them to explore later as nomi is now in debt to this shady organization that helped her yeah. with the e-death and it's not that they're like they're literally shady like you don't really know about them it's not like moral wise they're not mm-hmm. great but we don't know and uh, that's a thread that never gets picked up again so kind of a bummer but uh favorite favorite scene favorite scene I guess still like the end scene the yeah. most. Yeah. I think it's it, it like it, I get really pumped up when you see Riley uh when it cues up the music and she's putting more blue like she's Yeah, yeah. updating the well, dye in her hair. Like I was saying a little iffy maybe on parts of it, but yeah. like once uh, the other sensates show up. Yeah. I really like it. I got little chills, you know, when the uh when Treehead sh- showed up. <laughs> When we um, do learn her name, I still feel like I'm going to call her Treehead. <laughs> I just thought, like, wow, like, you know, they really did it. Yeah. They nailed it. That's great. And I, as I said, I like the, the very end, too, the yeah. very end shot. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. It's a fun one. All right. I think that's it. That's it. Anything else? Nope. Cool. Let's sign off. This has been Vicky. This is Camden. And we'll be talking to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Watch out. Remix. I'm done. If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can write in reviews on Apple Podcast, and also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook. And you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. (laughs) Um, Also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, see you.
seine Nacht.